Hey there, gorgeous. Welcome to the VLX podcast. My name is Jackie Dixon, and my mission is to help women become healthy, holy, and hot, on fire for God in every area of their lives. Sound good? Let's get started. Hey ladies, welcome. I'm kind of just getting this set up. I feel like this is just going to be such a experiment and such a work in progress, but my vision for so long has been to provide regular video encouragement to you guys. And so I've been thinking and praying, how is this going to work in a way that I can still balance being a wife and a mom and a, a military wife and almost always unpacking from a move or we're already kind of preparing for the summer's move here. How can I still support you, but really um, help that to fit into my schedule as well? So I'm going to try to do a weekly live video here. And this is my proposed time Wednesday at the lunch hour window for most American time zones. It should be 1 p.m. on the East Coast. I guess it's still 10 a.m., so maybe that's a coffee break over in Pacific time, but I want to just hang out with you guys on a regular basis, and the way I have this set up today, I can't see comments live, so that's one disadvantage, but I'm going to figure out how to work this, but I wanted to chat with you today about an email that I just sent out and the topic that kind of occurred to me over the last couple days and I think is so important to think about and not something that a lot of people will discuss perhaps. So I wanna hear your thoughts and I will be looking at the comments after the video. You'll also later find this video on my blog where it will link to YouTube, it'll be uploaded to YouTube. Your comments won't be shown if you don't know how this kind of stuff works. Your comments will stay in our private Facebook group and I won't call anyone's name out um, in the video so that you will still have the privacy and the kind of secret garden that we're cultivating here in this Facebook group, but your questions will be answered and will be public. They just won't have your name attached, so you don't need to worry about that. So what was your New Year's resolution this year for your body? And you may be thinking, Jackie, it's already the end of January. Why are you talking about New Year's resolutions? Well, because by about this time, most people have given up on theirs. So I'm not talking about setting them right now. I'm talking about how did it look? How did it go? Have you done anything around kind of this area of your body? Was it one of your goals this year? Was it something that you decided you wanted to focus on that you felt called to move into more? And did it stick? Did it stick? I want to tell you a little bit about my personal um, body resolution journey, <laughs> if you will, so that you know where I'm coming from and that I'm not just picking this topic out of the sky or kind of unfeelingly saying, you can do it, make it happen, get with the program, what's wrong with you? Not at all, okay? I spent many, 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 many years, even when I was very slim, Wanting a different body, wanting a better body, wanting a body that performed somehow in different ways, whether that was just the way it looked or the number that it weighed or my perceived degree of tone or muscle strength, I was always berating my body to be better somehow. And what I didn't understand is that all truly transformative, lasting change begins with love, not with hate, really. So 
what I love to lead women through when they're going through any kind of transition where they want to make a change in their lives, and this absolutely includes body issues, is to think about the gospel, okay? Think about the way that God executed the most important, transformational, lifelong, eternity-long, lasting change ever. <laughs> I love, I don't always speak in um, total exaggerations, but this one deserves it, ever. This is the most important, lasting, transformational change available to us ever. This is the gospel, right? He didn't come down and say, I hate you guys. You've totally screwed up. Get with the program, believe in me, and then maybe we can make things better. Right? That was not how Christ did it. Now, he did go around saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So he did want us to change. But the way that he came was with humility and love. Humility and love. The gospel begins with the fact that we are unconditionally loved to the degree that while we were still sinners, Christ came to save us from our sins. And we didn't stop sinning. I was just listening to a great training and the pastor was remarking that as Christ was dying, he still asked for God to forgive us. <laughs> I mean, we were still currently sinning as he completed the process and he wanted us to be forgiven because he still had this unfailing, unconditional love for us. Doesn't mean he wasn't at times frustrated with us. If you've read the gospels, you know that Christ had some zingers very frequently, but the unconditional love was where he began. That's why God said something, you know, and we can go and argue the theology of, did God set this up in the beginning? Whatever. It doesn't really matter. At some point, God said, we need to do something. You know, this, this story is, is, has been warped by sin. I'm going to go in there and get them because I love them. So from that, from that place of unconditional love, we were able to receive teaching. Because Christ never did it in a berating, you suck, you are so dumb, I can't, I'm, okay, he does say, I can't believe I have to put up with you once, doesn't he? But in general, his, his patience with us was outstanding. And because we could feel that he had our best interest at heart and he deeply cared for us and about us, and that is why he was here, we were able to hear some pretty harsh, hard teachings about how we needed to change our behavior, both the people there listening to it live and us now reading it in the Word. So because of the unconditional love, we were able to receive feedback that we needed to make some changes. Okay? How does this relate to your body? And that's, of course, one more step in the gospel. We'll get to that in a minute. How does this relate to your body? If you start with berating your body, change is going to be very hard. It might feel very possible in the moment because anger has an energy behind it. The problem is anger is literally short-fused. <laughs> it doesn't last long. It's a very powerful energy. You feel like you could just do everything. You're just going to change everything. Everything's going to get cleaned. Everyone's going to behave differently. I'm going to just make myself do this better. But it doesn't last. It burns out. When you start with the energy of love, it's a slow simmer. And it doesn't generally, at least in my experience, feel very productive in the beginning. It feels like, is this really going to make a difference? Is this really going to get my behind in gear at long last? But it doesn't burn out. Because it starts low and slow, it doesn't exhaust us. It doesn't wear on us to the point where we just give up. In fact, instead, it slowly energizes us. 
So that's what I want you to think about when you're thinking about how am I going to catapult my body into where I feel that God is calling me to take it from a process, a, a stance of body stewardship. I'm not going to start with harshness, hate, berating, disappointment, kind of that tough love talk that a lot of workout programs teach. And um, they work for some people. Sometimes that's just the little the beginner starter push that they need. But over the long haul, I deeply believe from watching and working with so many women and from being myself on my own journey, love is where it's at when you want to make a change. And the Bible, in fact, says all over the place that we want to speak things as if, like, in the way that we want them to be. <laughs> Not creating things that we don't want to be by kind of pointing out all the faults and flaws all the time. That's not productive. That actually doesn't create the results that we want. We want to focus on the results that we want. And the way to do that is to start with love from what is. Love of what is. Now, if you're saying to me, Jackie, look, you don't know my body, okay? You may have had 50 pounds or so to lose, Jackie, but, you know, it's nothing compared to the, the pain that I deal with on a daily basis. I get it. And I'm not telling you to to adore your body in every single way that it is, to look at wounds or at excess weight and say, I love you, weight, I love you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying detach your weight and your body from your identity in Christ. See it as a tool, a resource over here, and not who you are. And learn to love who you are unconditionally. And see this as something that you know, is like an organized house or a disorganized house. It's not your identity. It's something that's going on around you that impacts your ability to work for God, that impacts your ability to focus, to be energized, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to look at that as uh, an objective outside thing. But your core identity in Jesus Christ, whether you are a supermodel, Olympic athlete, or you are in a car accident tomorrow and paralyzed, is not changed by the state of your physical body. It's unconditionally loved. When you begin there and you look objectively at what's going on, you can say, okay, what needs to change here? What needs to be tweaked? Where am I really just not stewarding this incredible resource that God gave me well? And when we are feeling loved, when we're feeling accepted, no matter what we've got going on, we can receive feedback like that, even some pretty tough feedback from that basis of love. If we do it from a basis of hate and self-loathing, the feedback that we might have to receive is gonna to be too difficult to bear. And it's gonna spiral us down into giving up, despair, uh, just you know, anger, escapism, and trying to avoid it and deny that it's happening again. So we wanna stay present and look at what's really happening. And we do that by grounding and staying grounded in God's love for us, which is unconditional. Now, what happens after we've received our unconditional love, we've also received that we are in sin, very likely, certainly in some area of our lives and possibly in this area, and we need to do some changing. Some change has got to happen. Repentance is on the menu, okay? What happens next? Well, what's the next step in the gospel? Christ goes through this. He loves us unconditionally. He comes and tells us, yeah, actually, you're going to need to change, but, you know, I'll take care of it for you. He leads us into victory because we focus on what he has done for us, okay? So our victory is because he was victorious. What does that mean? Well, it means for one thing, we don't have to worry about finally getting it right ever because he's already gotten it right. The victory that matters has already been done and won. So that takes the heaviness, the weight in a pun, if you will, sometimes off of our attention on our body of, am I going to ever be good enough? 
No. <laughs> and yes, because no, we are always going to be sinful. And yes, because we now have Christ's righteousness. So the essentials of life have been taken care of. And so you can stop harassing yourself about how hard you've been on your body and your quote, inability to get it to be what it's supposed to be. Okay. So just removing that emotional heaviness can actually make it easier to get to work because we're not seeing it as this end all be all. It, it dominates my thoughts and my emotions and my heart and my choices. It's just kind of one of those little tools of life that I need to arrange so that I can be the most productive person I can be for whatever God's called me to do. So that's a major part. It also means the victory is possible. I mean, Christ conquered sin and death. And we're not Jesus, but we do have his power in us. So we can do a heck of a lot of good work in some very difficult and unlikely looking circumstances. We can make some changes even when change seems impossible. And that's not me berating you that you need to try harder to make change. That's me giving you hope that there is a way. When my mother was very, very ill, I mean, we're talking like the doctors at Johns Hopkins said, you have six months, you're going to want to get your affairs in order. And I was about 20, I would want to say at the time. I found this cutout in a magazine. It's one of the reasons I still have a lot of magazines. I love ripping out encouraging ads and things. And this one was a blue sky with clouds. And it says, there's a way. And we posted it on her armoire, her uh, wardrobe in her bedroom. And I don't know if it gave her encouragement. She said that it did at the time, but it certainly gave me encouragement every day when we would go in there and give her vitamin B12 shots in the thigh and, and bathe her and, and clip her toenails because she could just, the intense care that happens when someone is almost completely debilitated. So that sign got me through. There is a way. Now, I didn't know what that way was. We didn't know if she really was going to die and if that was the way. That was God's will and God's plan. But we fought for what we thought was the way, which was recovery, and we left the rest up to God. But we had a determination to retain hope to the greatest extent that we could, because hope is what will keep you powering through when you're trying to make a transformation. So when you think about Christ's victory, what I want you to get from that is hope. Hope that there is absolutely, guaranteed, definitely something better coming, and that it is possible to overcome very difficult-looking challenges that there is a way, even if you and I don't see it, even if we say, you don't get it, the people in my life are so difficult, I couldn't move an inch without rocking the boat and causing a tantrum. Or, you don't get it, my schedule is so packed and money is so tight, I don't have the wiggle room to be making changes. Like, it's, it just, it's not gonna happen. I understand, I mean, I get it. But I want us to look at Christ's victory and say, if this man can die, and in so doing, defeat death, sin, and the devil, then we can probably take back our bodies and steward them well just a little bit. So to wrap all this up and bring it back to resolutions, how do I want you to be thinking as you head into the new year and what steps can you take? Because I don't want to just leave you with a bunch of fluff. I want you to be able to take action toward being more fully in God's will for you. Well, I want you to not have a harsh goal on a piece of paper that's like must lose 30 pounds by such and such and that's your resolution it's okay to have an objective like that an intention like that that's wonderful if that's what your body needs fabulous but i want you to make sure i want you to go back and look at that piece of paper and say did i write this out of love do you need to add some notes underneath <laughs> i am unconditionally loved no matter what my weight is or what my body looks like or how it performs 
I am also most likely sinning, and remember that means missing the mark, missing the mark of God's design somehow in this area if things have gotten out of whack. And I'm willing from the place of unconditional love to look at whatever feedback I need to receive, whether it's from a doctor or a, um, a fitness evaluation or whatever it might be. And then finally, I know that in spite of all perceived and real obstacles, I can have tremendous victory if I just retain hope and keep strategizing, looking for solutions, figuring out how I can make this work, always from the place of love, never from the place of hate or self-loathing or berating or tough love talk to try to get myself to change because that won't last. So I just want you to reframe the resolutions that you might have set. And I want to encourage you because as I said, the the top of my resolution list each year was some body goal, and it was not stated with love. It was not stated with humility and realizing that I might need to tweak things. It was not stated with a sense of victory. It was just stated with like a, if I push hard enough and grip hard enough on this, I'm sure I can make myself different. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But the one thing that never went away was my discomfort in my own skin. And I don't have that anymore. I'm not quite down to my pre-baby weight, but I am so in love with my body. Not as a thing that I've created that I'm prideful about, but as a tool that God has given me that I'm so grateful for, and that I'm not about to let Satan mess with to prevent me from being able to love people well and do God's will fully in my life. So. If your body has bothered you and troubled you and irritated you and made you obsessed and stressed for years, I want you to receive unconditional love. I want you to get there so that you can receive what might be hard feedback to hear about what changes you need to make. And I want you to have hope that there is a ultimate victory for the things that we can't change on this earth and B that there really is a way might take years, took me years. I'm hoping to shorten the time frame for you so you don't have to spend that much trouble or time. But there is a way to be so at peace in your body, so well, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually around it, that you don't even think to put it on your resolution list because it's already flourishing. And you don't need to berate yourself to change something about it. Even if you're still actively working on making it better, it's just not this oppressive stressor in your life where you feel like you need to write it on a piece of paper that I must change. It's just, it's just how you live. It's this ebb and flow of even self-care. It's easy. You don't have to think about it. It's already part of your routine. It gives you no stress. In fact, it reduces your stress. There is a way to live that way. Of course, it's going to look slightly different for everyone. And no, it will never be perfect, this side of heaven and the second coming, but it can be better. It can be better. So I hope this has been encouraging to you guys. Again, I apologize that I'm unable to see your comments live. I'll figure out how to change that in the future so this can be interactive. Although if you know me, you know that when I get rolling, sometimes I just get rolling and boom, it's just tough to distract me. So we'll figure that out in the future, I promise. But I do hope this has been helpful. And for you girls in my Facebook group, I'll post a link in here. If you're on my email list, you probably already saw it this morning. If you want more encouragement like this, if you want to know more specifics about how to shift your mindset into this body stewardship, healthy, holy, hot mentality where taking care of your body becomes just a no-brainer, a non-stressor in your life, then healthyholyhot.com 
will take you to a three-part video training series that each video is longer than this one. <laughs> I don't know how long I've gone actually, but I assume they're all longer than this one. They certainly felt like it when I was recording them. And a lot more depth and detail about the actual practical steps that you take in mindset, in self-care, and then the kind of subconscious sabotage, emotional things that we do to keep ourselves from being able to step into body stewardship and excellent self-care in a biblical, godly way. So healthyholyhot.com. And I hope this has been helpful. <laughs> I hope it has been. I love you girls. I just want you to have faith that this isn't a something that someone over here can have, but I can't have. God can do so much. And everything that's trapping you is here. And it's all because Satan has been lying. So we need to rework those lies and actively practice living out the truth until that becomes our new norm, both what we believe and what we do. Okay? So... God bless you guys. Have an awesome week. I hope this has been an encouraging little Wednesday lunch break. Uh, let me know what times work best for you for this video, and I can adjust it, our weekly live TV show, as we need to, but I just hope it's been helpful. I love you more than you know. God loves you way more than I do, so just go there when you really need affirmation, but just be encouraged, and I hope the rest of your week is gorgeous. Bye, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the VLX podcast. I'd love to keep you motivated to go after God's plan in every area of your life. So if you love what I'm talking about, subscribe to this channel and come find me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Jackie Dixon VLX. I'd love to virtually meet and interact with you. And if you're interested in the concept of the biblical bombshell, please join me for a soiree where I'll teach you the 12 pillars of a woman who is healthy, holy, and hot. RSVP at JackieDixon.org forward slash soiree. I'll see you there, beautiful.